Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to the All Talk Car Podcast. This is another part two of our American specials. This time, I'm joined again with Joe from the last episode. Hi, Joe. Hey, Peter. How are you going? I'm good, mate. Uh, we haven't had a chance to get Halil and uh, Ross out of uh, no. Border Patrol. They're still stuck in jail, not letting him in the country. We've got a uh, another co-host with us. I've got Andrew Smyrnas from Andrew's Refrigerator Transport. Uh, he joined us at SEMA this year. G'day, Andrew. G'day, Peter. G'day, Joe. G'day, listeners. Yeah, so today we're coming from the SEMA show. We're actually recording from the 56th floor of a hotel in Vegas. We've been at SEMA all week. For those of you who are not sure, SEMA is a, it stands for the Specialty Equipment Market Association. So it's basically the who's who of the um, aftermarket parts and supplies, but a lot of the factories are here as well. It's a large convention here in Vegas where pretty much the whole world meets up and congregates and meets their wholesalers and suppliers. Apparently, it's the second largest convention in Vegas uh, in numbers. It takes up um, the convention centre, and we've done a fair bit of walking, I think, fellas. Oh, without The first day, it's like, picture yourself uh, coming home after playing three games of golf. How would you feel after that? I think that's... That pretty much sums it up. The convention centre in Vegas, I would compare it, if those of you are familiar with the Melbourne Convention Centre, I would double the width, lengthen it by half, and then add another story. And that's just the South Hall. And there's another two (laughs) halls after that. So this place is mega. Um, And we're going to go through the highlights. There weren't many lowlights, but things that stood out. And if you've been following us on Instagram, I've been putting some photos up of some real crazy cars out there. Joe, any highlights? What did you see with the show? Well, I think the Mustang with the Ferrari engine was probably one of the things I didn't expect to see, but that caught my attention for, for certain. Um, just it's something a shame. you, you they don't see. They didn't start it. If only you could start that oh, car yeah. and listen to a Mustang with a Ferrari, an Italian heart. I remember in the old days with the De Tomaso, they had the American heart, American engine in Italian bodies. Body, so yeah. now they're going the other way around with a Mustang of all cars. What else do you see, mate? Um, well, we're a, we're a family. I've got four boys now, so uh, we're looking for something that's uh, going to take four teenage boys and not be too squeezy. And... You know, in Australia, we're looking at cars like the the Pathfinder or the Nissan X Trail, CX five, CX fives, things like that. And I noticed there was a, a Chevrolet Blazer here, which would have suited us beautifully because the the middle seat is actually a full size seat in the back seat. So you know, it's just a shame that uh, some of the cars that are that are here in America don't come to Australia because they're the medium size or small cars for American would be a, a larger SUV in Australia. You would think. I mean, it might be a case of wasn't designed for left or right-hand drive. There was a large Chevy stand. There was a Pica Camaro. You might trip over one or two of them. There's a whole range of them, the convertibles. And now that Holden is an importer, you would think they'd have a whole catalogue to pick from. You'd think. And that Blazer was a perfect car. It was massive. It was. But didn't look big at all. It was, no. It was probably Ford Edge style. It wasn't um, big at all. And um, it was an interesting stand, the Chevy stand. A, a, a lot of uh, usual big trucks with Silverados. And what else caught your eye? There's uh, a Lexus and a couple of other. I think it was a Kia that um, used this electric, a very funny coloured aqua blue that was really stand out. And I thought that's going to be an up and coming colour. Because we saw it on a few cars there. It was almost like an aqua blue. Mm. But I, I thought the, the, the colour theme of the show, Andrew, as well, was 
it was not the candy red. It was like a dark crimson, pearl, maroon, sparkly colour. Yes. Nearly every stand had one of those colours on there. It did, Peter. And I also liked the um, introduction of the grey, both in a matte, in a sort of a gun metal. I saw a couple of cars that looked really good with tinted windows. The Kia Stinger, for example, stood out That's for me. That's right, yeah. That was a brilliant sort of matte grey with overly sort of tinted windows some really good wheels on it and it just didn't look like the normal stinger you'd expect which might be a bit boring or sound a bit boring this looked really good and that gray sort of theme through a lot of the mopars some of the camaros uh, really was a, a, a color that i wasn't expecting to see a lot of at sema this year but i like the fact that it broke up the whites and the blacks. Do you, do you think that's an American thing, though? Like, we get a, you go to a, a car park at Westfields at Bondi Junction, and every Audi, Merc, Beamer is black, silver, grey, or white. Uh, you don't see many colours. Do you think it's an American thing? or Look, it, mo- it might be. I, I think that sort of colour needs touch-ups like really sort of flashy wheels to draw your eye to it otherwise you'd walk past and not think twice about it but when you see it done up it does look quite attractive and it looks almost like a sleeper it doesn't sort of jump at you like it would like a redwood for example but when you get up close to it you think that's not a bad combination it fits that car but i see what you mean because a lot of one that that downstairs southern hall was all tires and mag wheel manufacturers and you're right they need a sort of a, a palette where they could show off their their wheels and uh, but the, it did look good as a whole package. You're, you're right. right. And the colours this year for me were, were great, and the pinstriping. I think just a bit of pinstriping on most cars and colours add another dimension to them. I don't think we do enough pinstriping back home on our cars. And we've had a debate. Pinstriping does make the car go faster. <laughs> it's, it's, we've had a debate. Ross will debate that. Joe, any other um, highlights that caught your eye out there? I think uh, there was... The Mazda, I think uh, Andrew's going to mention, and as Mazda R100 that caught my attention. I, I saw that the first day we were there outside, and I just didn't expect to see one in America. That's that's what really got me. There were a few 70s type cars. Andrew, yeah. you, what stood out? I mean, there was one car make that there was like six, seven, eight of them there sc- was. scattered around. As you know, Pete, you know I'm a big Nissan fan and uh, have had Nissans over the years and now have a, a GDR and I was really impressed not just with the GDRs, the R35s but the 240Zs and the 260Zs which were done up absolutely fantastically with modern engines some of them uh, beautiful colour schemes some with uh, roll cages for track work but others just done up and they looked fantastic and it was a really good sort of flag to be flown for the Japanese brands, Mazda, Nissan, um, amongst all the Chevs and Fords and uh, Mopars. What else caught your eye, Andrew? What, what were your highlights? Pete, as you know, we've been here a couple of years back to back. And I, I'm always overawed by the passion and the love of all things automotive that all the people that go to SEMA have. They can sit with you for hours and talk passionately about the cars they love, why they love them, how many of the cars they've had in their families for mm. generations. There's no one here that sort of just floats around to be a number. 
they're all here because they're passionate about SEMA like we are. And just so you know, SEMA, we said earlier it's a aftermarket supplier. The only way you can get into SEMA is if you're in the industry. You can't buy tickets and, and turn up. So you've, you effectively have to register months in advance and you need to provide all your credentials to be here. Um, so it is those like-minded trade people. Only. It's trade only. Yeah. People are here to make, it's a living. People yep. are here to make money. They're not here. It's, it's not your motor show as such, even though some stands are. But there are people here, there's a large uh, Asian contingent, a lot of Chinese, Thai manufacturers, companies that we've never even heard of. They're here to sell truck tires and tractor tires. And it's not just all cars, there's, there's a lot of, there's a big truck and SUV type hall and market stand with accessories, accessories yeah. to sell. Um, lighting and uh, computer equipment and video screens for reverse parking and collision uh, prevention. There's spray painting halls. With wraps, wraps, 3M's here. There's, there's any tool you can think of. Yeah. There's displays, there's banging, there's TV shows here. I bumped into Wayne Carini for those of you who watch Chasing Classic Cars. Yep. I invited him to come to Australia to at least maybe to make a classic. I told him that would be up his alley. It's, um, and he said he's heard of it, and um, he'll try and get his way down under. So there's a lot of celebrities here, Chip Fooses. A lot of drivers. Richard Rawlings, Gas Monkey Garage. Uh, yep. He had his black uh, Challenger here done up on display, his own personal car. So they're not afraid to drive what they sort of uh, build or promote. They drive them daily. They're registered. They're registered and they look great. We saw the rat rod just take off and he was wearing headphones. I wonder why. <laughs> Probably couldn't hear his stereo. Welder up, cars were scattered everywhere. There were, there were a lot of um, famous cars and, and, and TV personalities uh, walking through the, the SEMA grounds. Um, well, I was, I was happy also, Peter, if I can jump in, to say course. that Mopar this year had a really good stand. In the past, Ford and Chevrolet clearly outdid the Mopar presence, but for all you Mopar fans, their stand was fantastic. And in fact, uh, your host, Pete, um, did I won a drag race. Did he won a drag race. Uh, they had, just so you know, you can understand. Uh, who did I beat, uh, Andrew? Uh, did yeah, you, who did you beat? Yeah. Who did I beat? I, I won one race. It was, no. it was a best of three. He beat Andrew. They had two full-size Hellcats. Mm -hmm. You get into the driver's seat. You hit the accelerator to the floor. You you hold back the, the, the upshift, the right uh, paddle shift for the launch and when the lights go green you had a big video screen ahead of you and you let go and you've got to change gears and this car would literally it will was, stand. must have been a hy yeah, hydraulics it would real will stand and you had the uh, stereo pumping out the, the the sound and you literally felt like you're in a, except for the g-forces you yeah. felt yeah. like you were in a drag race and poor old poor old joe your reaction time buddy <laughs> you might think you're the better driver but if you're in drag race it's all reaction time you, yeah 20% of uh, your time is no time. If you get off ahead of the other driver, that's it. Yeah. And, and Pete, that just sort of shows you how the manufacturers want to get the crowd really involved, you know. Invited to come along, you don't have to sort of do anything or sign up for anything. You're not bombarded with, you know, give us your email and you, then you get a drive. Just rock up there, jump in, do three races on the drag strip, walk away with a smile on your face and you say, well... Good luck to Mopar, you know, they've won us over. Yeah, so there yeah. are there, there were factory stands here. We might as well run through them. So we, we talked about Mopar, which is uh, FCA, Chrysler, Fiat. I noticed they had a, a Ram van, which was a, no, it's a Fiat van. So there's a lot of badge engineering going on with uh, Fiat and Chrysler. And Jeep. And, and, yeah. and there was a lot of Jeep. But Ford stand had a whole heap of F-150s done up. Yep. 
and then they had the Ranger is brand new in America and that's the Aussie design and developed Ford Ranger that's sold in about 150 countries in the world and that's um, thumbs up to the Aussie engineering team in Ford but mate they look tiny compared to these F-150s I don't know how they're going to go in America because if big is better they're going to struggle yeah that front end doesn't that front end looks cute compared to the F-150 which is all business Mm. those truck front ends even even the Forerunner looks meaner than the the front end on the the Ford Ranger well going to the Toyota stand to finish with Ford there was a whole heap of Mustangs all done up the usual suspects were there but moving to the Toyota stand they've got a product called the Forerunner which is familiar to Australia in the 80s and 90s and it effectively it's a Hilux front end with uh, with the, the cab at the back well no it was a we had a, we had the forerunner had back the, in the late 80s early 90s yeah, yeah, in, in yeah. australia but yeah. they give us the fortuna which is based on the hilux it is. this thing looks like the hilux it's like a, a tonka a mini tonka truck it's all rectangular mm. with scoops and that's a hot looking car and they've also got a, a vehicle called the toyota tundra which is a picture of land cruiser you yeah. yeah to take on the f-150s i like, that. I like the, um, that v8 also at the soup at the toyota stand was a a whole row of Supras from Generation 1 to the yet-to-be-released uh, Supra, which yep. was mm. uh, interesting. They look good. The Toyota always puts on a good stand with retro and modern cars. And the uh, the original Supra had original seats. Uh, one of them was ripped yeah. inside. They were, they were original seating. Uh, moving across to the Chevy stand, we touched on that earlier. They had a whole heap of Camaros, if, but they also had the Silverados. But they just don't... They're still a bu- big, beautiful car but they don't have the pull or the swagger in the ute market like the F-150 does. I agree. Where where Chevy has it on Ford when it comes to the Suburban and the Tahoe and the Cadillac mm. Escalade, where Ford, with the Expedition, has got no traction. In the ute commercial market, the Ford's got it all over Chevy, so um, they've got a couple of Silverados there, and there was the the, the smaller four-wheel drives yep. that were there as well, and uh, Honda had a stand. Uh, well, with the Chevys, but I was surprised I didn't see more... Um, Chev- uh, Stingray, uh, Stingray, Corvettes. Corvettes there yeah. on display. It was just the one, I think, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, in years gone past, I think they had the evolution of them. We saw the Corvette over the years, but this year it was just all Camaros. Yeah, it was just Camaros. Mm. And it was a stand. It wasn't anything, no oomph about it. There no. Was it really jumped out. I don't know what's happening with Chevy. I mean, we can see what's happening with Holden, but with Chevy as well, I just think they haven't got a consistent model lineup. I think they're just scattered everywhere at the moment, where Ford has got their global one Ford yeah. policy. It's now starting to come through and work. I think you're right. Um, Honda had to stand there with with Acura. They had the NSX badges and Acura. Mm-hmm. For those of you who don't know, the NSX came to Australia as a Honda, but it's in 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 the US it's badged and Acura NSX. Mm-hmm. The new one is wholly designed and built in the mm-hmm. US. Um, so that was an interesting looking car. It's a, it's a quick car. It's a heavy car. It's more a hybrid. But it's a beautiful looking car, but um, well, with Honda, but to their credit, there were a lot of Civics that had been done up by mm. uh, different uh, marketing companies with wheels and flare kits. So Civic must have a following here. It's the Fast and Furious yeah. connection. We were at the shops earlier, just off topic. We were watching uh, the Xbox display, yeah. and they were all driving WRXs and, right. and, and RX7. Yeah. Yeah. So it's that PlayStation generation that's yes. coming through. You're right, uh, pushing those vehicles. We also saw an original 70s Challenger. We did. Where, where you can yes. see the influence of the current design. Like I said earlier, wall to wall Mustangs, that's the, the choice car to, to show Buy, you. Buy, modify, yeah. Mm. yeah well, it's, there's another thing that actually I, I recall that's really stood out to me was the, uh, 
the V-dub with the V8 in the back, which had been chopped down. If you go to our Instagram, Facebook page, I posted photos of that. It's a classic Beetle shape, and they put a Buick V8 engine but, in the back, exposed. So there's no back seats, just the engine. Yeah. And the exhaust come out of the, uh, the, 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 the C pillar. Yeah. yeah, the rear quarter pillar. pillar. Um, As a, a unique car, that might have been the car of the show, I reckon. Oh, that was a beautiful yep. car. And, and, and it was in an area that had the only tree within the halls they had sort of bought a tree in and put grass down and it was the almost like a picnic yeah, setting yes that that would have been car of the show I, I believe the the ferrari engine mustang was yeah. up there for me that was very interesting i, I had a low light from the show the queues and yeah. the security there uh, i can understand with mandalay bay everyone's a bit edgy in vegas at the moment and there were metal detectors and scanners so there's a bit of a queue there's always a large number of people here and i can understand and there was a greater police presence, and they mm. had security fencing for the first they time. They did, yeah. Which yeah. I um, limited noticed. access points. Yeah, so yeah. I think they were, yeah. That's they, just the aftermath of, of what happened at Mandalay Bay. But I think everyone takes it for granted now. You know, I mean, no one really sort of complained. We all just lined no. up, yeah, worked our way through the queue, and you know, once you got in, you sort of didn't think twice about the extra 10, 15 minutes you might have spent worrying about the queue. They had live stands. Traditionally, Ford has a the car. The front car park is a Ford sort of burnout racing type area they had we mentioned the uh, Polaris slingshots yes there was a section where they were doing uh, dancing and you basically queue up you sit in the passenger seat and they take you around for for laps there was the continental tire stand had two m3s and an m4 drifting through a, 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 a slalom a, circuit a slalom <laughs> circuit and again you could line up and sit in the passenger seat so they've also got some live events call it but it's, it's an amazing show there's nothing like it in the world no, no. And, and don't forget this year pete kia took over the uh the general the, motors track the, yeah the general motors track uh, which was i think a big coup for kia yep. disappointing that chevy sort of handed in the uh the area but Credit to Kia, they were racing people around in the Stinger. They're pushing the Stinger. Yeah, pushing the Stinger. Yep. In, in in past years, the the Chevy track, you could pick which car you want to drive: a Camaro, or Silverado, or, or a, even a Sonic here, which is a Barina in Australia. You drive around a lap, and then when you get out, they take you in a hot lap yeah. in the Corvette. And in the current uh, C8 Corvettes, for those of you who don't know, I tried to get out, and couldn't find the <laughs> handle. It's push button. push button. You push a button and the door opens. So um, <laughs> even that in America, um, I don't know if that's a sign of laziness. But I could not find the door handle. You had to push a button for the door to open, which was quite funny with the Chevy cap and the handouts. For me, Pete, you know, that really stands Seymour out above and beyond every other sort of motoring event that I've been to. The fact that within the event, they can have three dedicated circuits where they absolutely hammer their products you know minute after minute lap after lap the general public's invited to come along Mm -hmm. you feel not only having just walked around the place you've seen some great things but you've experienced them firsthand as a passenger i mean that's unique in the world you do sign the waiver, though, before you queue you up. <laughs> Welcome you to America. Yeah. No, it is. It's a unique experience. It's a. It's. It's. It's been going for fifty-two years. We were here for the fiftieth a couple of years ago, Andrew and I. It's been going for a long time. They've got it down pat. It's a popular four days um, in Vegas. You, the place wakes up when Seema is in town. I feel like the the motor show is dying. That concept is finishing. Um, there's no Australian motor show. They try to split it between Sydney and Melbourne. There was talk this year that the Paris show had no real glitz and glamour, and there's 
the death knell is on, on the motor, the motor show concept where this interactive type live experience getting into their car and hearing it and smelling it and being taken okay. for a ride Absolutely. is the is the way to go and the, and the numbers here show it it's it's a massive show and they're trying to include the public they have uh SEMA ignited yes so on the last day of SEMA so SEMA traditionally is in the first week of November and it runs from Tuesday to Friday but what they've tried to involve the public and what they do now is they set up a cruise um, does it go on, on Friday, on Friday, the Friday afternoon, afternoon yeah. night, and open the public, to the public, yep, open to the public. They can line up and watch the the vehicles, all the show cars, go through yeah. to a designated area, and they can have a sticky beat till about ten o'clock at night. Yeah, they just do lap after lap, and then they can park up, and then they can come back in and keep going around if they choose to. Mm. So it's just inviting everyone, not just the trade only people. So they do recognise that it is a very popular and successful shows, and 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 a credit to the Americans, they know how to put on a show. They do, yes. that, and that's what they're renowned for. And the other thing, Peter, that always surprises me is at a time of people watching the budgets, you go to SEMA and every manufacturer, every accessory supplier will have there for you if you chose to take a goodies bag of sorts, um, you know, pens, uh, key rings. They're not holding back on providing a lot of those little trinkets that people like to leave with to say, I've been there and I've got something to remind myself if I can't make it back next year. And there's celebrities there signing products uh, at, mm-hmm. at designated uh, stalls and stands. Uh, I didn't recognise some of them. I mean, I'm, to the Americans, I'm sure they're, they're either drivers or, or on some kind of TV show. They've got dedicated motoring channels and live streaming and the like. Uh, and Sh- Shell does really well with that. Shell's got that standalone uh, stand where there's non-stop people going up there being interviewed. You can just stand around and listen to them, chat with them, laugh with them. Um, it's just a who's who of guest appearances there for the whole three days. And there was also a number of Ken Block cars scattered all over the place. He released a, a, an F-150. He did. Um, Is that the 1,000 horsepower one? Yeah, I'm not, I didn't see it. I just read about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, this place is big. You can't see everything, guys. But I did see the at the Ford stand the RS200, the, that European yes. 80s rally. That was a, mm-hmm. that was Hoonigan-ized or Hoonigan. Yeah. The old Mustang was at the front near the Shell stand was the original Mustang. Mustang. Yeah, the Pikes Peak Mustang. Yeah. I, but he had all five. He had five or six cars yeah. here. I, I didn't see all of them, though. But he's a legend. Yeah. They, uh, and he's at SEMA. He's at SEMA. <laughs> and uh, and they have a large screen. Near, I think it was a tyre Toy, sponsor. Toyo. Toyo. Toyo, Toyo has Ken Humongous. Yeah, humongous yeah, the screen. The speakers are blaring. And the outside area is interesting, too. You've got these trucks that are lifted. Uh, my head doesn't reach the top of the, <laughs> yeah. the bonnet, let alone. Oh, um, and, and I laughed at Andrew and said, the reason why they're this high is to keep away the, the guys at the red lights to try and clean your window. You just can't reach them. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's the reason why they're so high. But it's just some of those wheels had those chariot-style spikes on the end oh. of them. You know, they keep you away from the wheel itself. And we saw the Lamborghini Urus, yes. the four-wheel drive. I saw that live for the first time at the Formula One Grand Prix Melbourne this year, earlier this year, but uh, I could go up to it close in the flesh. And it, it's an interesting-looking car. The photos on some angles make it look like a Lambo, but when you come from it at normal height, it's just another SUV. Yeah, yeah. And then I saw its granddad outside, the LM002. That's right. The square thing. There was one of those outside. So its granddad was outside, the Lamborghini four-wheel drive, where they made... It was the Countach V12 engine, and apparently viewers or listeners, you may have to correct us, because Campo, you you think it was for the American Army. 
And I'm convinced it was for the Italian army. Was, I think it was um, Leo that said it was for the, the American army. Oh, Leo said it was, yes. what a friend of ours said, it was a design for uh, a, a military contract. And Lamborghini went so far with it, I thought, well, we've got all these shells. They didn't get the contract, mm. so we might as well build this SUV. SUV. Schwarzenegger famously mm. bought one in the 80s. Yes. They were a flop. They, yeah. they didn't work, but... There were so few released, now they're a collector's they're item. They're a collector's item with the uh, Countach V12 engine um, in a squared SUV body. Mm. So there's, there's a lot of weird and wonderful cars and things that you'll never ever see again in your life and things that you remember from past shows and um, it's an amazing experience for me I'll just say one more thing Uh, I'm restoring an old 67 Beetle and one thing I didn't expect to find there was a supplier of parts and I came across one and that was probably the the best thing that came out of this show for me because they've got a contact in Sydney that I can now get in touch with and and hopefully get parts from here because I had a look at the chassis they had here and it's pretty good quality and in Australia a lot of the the metal is very thin and um, you're paying ridiculous money for for small parts whereas um, and freight's freight's a nightmare and they Mm. they actually cut all that out so but there's an opportunity for business here as well a lot of the times I've come here uh, on behalf of a uh, panel beating business collision central regards to Tom and I came here on the purpose to look for a spray booth and there's a number of companies, and they're half the price of the ones in Australia. And a number of these companies were looking for suppliers agents, in Australia, yeah. agents in Australia. So if you're looking uh, for a business opportunity in the motoring game, SEMA uh, is a great meet and greet point. They have all the halls scattered, and each one's a designated area. Yes. So the, the double-story hall that I mentioned at the beginning, the top hall was dedicated to SUV <laughs> Off-road, recreational uh, equipment, equipment, light bars, foot bars, suspension, the works. The downstairs were wheels and, and tyres. The central hall was more the racing factory turbos. The factory stands were there. And the uh, northern hall is all dedicated to repairers, wraps, 3M's got to stand there. Yep. Um, spray, spray booths, uh, equipment used for the repair of, yep. of vehicles. So... They're all clustered together, and if you are looking for a business opportunity, you can see everybody together, introduce yourself, tell them you're from Australia, and like Andrew said earlier, they will talk to you till the cows come home. They really, everyone's very friendly, very friendly, like-minded, and there's also Andrew, you've did it, you've done it in previous years. There's also you can enrol in talks and classes. Absolutely, there's plenty of uh, conferences taking place, seminars on. Every subject you can imagine, all free of charge for the attendees. And you go along to these sessions that take between maybe 45 minutes to an hour and you leave with so much knowledge and contacts that you really sort of think uh, it's great to have come here and been part of it. And so everyone who comes over to SEMA should have a look at what's on offer in terms of seminars and try to get to a few of them. The place is quite large. We've found a way around it. We've found a trick. (laughs) You're going to give the secret away, eh? Are we going to give the secret away? No, I don't know. Stay tuned. We get around on those electric carts uh, designed for... Motor scooters. Motor scooters. It was the common colour. It was the candy maroon colour. It yeah. was, it, it was. was. And, and we had two of them this year. We rotated them. It is the best way to get around. And people open doors for you. They I do. felt apologetic. You jump cues with <laughs> you them. Do. It's a great little device to get around quickly if you're here on a limited time or you don't want to um, get too tired. So that was an interesting way to uh, see SEMA. 
Um, and then we had to uh, ride back. <laughs> we did. <laughs> and oh, I yeah. ran out of battery. You did? <laughs> and I was getting pushed by from behind. Um, interesting. We were getting honked at. It was uh, laughing to watch two motor scooters pushing one another up hills into casinos. People thought they were tandem scooters. I was saying, we've got to get one of those. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite funny. Well, we'll call that a wrap. So that was uh, our SEMA our podcast. We'll resume normal podcasting next week. We're going to be recording, those who are listening to this podcast, you, it's, when it's released, the Sunday coming up, we're going to be at Leading Edge uh cleaning company at Silverwater. We'll be talking about how to clean your car, how to look after it, products you can use, what not to use. So um, if you've got any cleaning questions, uh, send it through on Instagram at All Talk Car Podcast or on the Facebook. Send us an email at alltalk at outlook.com.au and we'll raise those questions and uh, mention you on air. Gentlemen, thank you for joining me on the podcast. Thank you, Peter. Thank you, Peter. Thank you, listeners. Have we got the lawyers ready for... Lil and Ross, will they be available for next week? Uh, I think I think we've got that sorted, mate. Uh, I'm hoping they'll be out. We'll go to LAX in two days' time and um, see if they're out of the cells and bring them back on the plane with us. So um, <laughs> I think they'll be back for next week. So thank you again, and until the next podcast, thank you for listening.